What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of Not Your Average Conversations. Not Your Average Perspectives. Not Your Average Black Girls. all right y'all so we are all back of course you have me candace aka dice we have meg aka meg money we have jordan (laughs) aka joe nasty i gave everybody a nickname uh so for you switching it up okay good dj names um i like it we're gonna (laughs) i can't mess with y'all see that's why i can't do nothing because y'all done throw me off um anyways we're gonna start out with our not your average black girl shout out presented by joe nasty so she can go ahead and take that away (laughs) okay so today's not your average black girl i was gonna say this week's (laughs) today's not your average black girl shout out goes to andrea jenkins and she is known as the first black openly transgender woman to be elected to a public office in the united states Ms. Jenkins currently serves as the vice president of the Minneapolis City Council, but prior to this role, she served as a policy aide for the Minneapolis City Council for about 12 years, in addition to using other roles in the community to advance the rights and representation of the LGBTQ plus and the QPOC communities. Um, Before being the vice president, she originally ran to represent the eighth ward of the Minneapolis City Council, but shortly after being voted in with over 70% of the vote, she was then elected to serve as the vice president. So that is today's Not Your Average Black Girl. Okay, she's a a busy lady. (laughs) That was a lot, but you know, shout out to her. That's that's high class there. I ain't doing half of them things. Um, but as y'all know, I don't have a life. So uh, <laughs> we're going to get into the topic for the day. So today's topic is toxicity or toxicness. I just made up that word. Um, but nevertheless, that is our topic for the day. So just to give you guys like some background, I'm sure y'all may know, or maybe y'all don't, but it's very common for the millennial generation to um, use the word toxic, I think, fairly loosely, 
And so we just figured it would be good to give you guys a little bit of background. So obviously you have like your dictionary definition of toxic, which basically means something is poisonous or can cause death or debilitation. Clearly that is not what people are talking about when they be throwing the word toxic around these days. So the urban dictionary definition is it's toxic is an adjective used to describe a usually very negative person, um, a person that bitches about everything. And a person that spreads unnecessary hate or just talks shit about others. And I honestly think you can even expound on all of that, but that is what Urban Dictionary says. And that is the definition that we are going with for this episode. So let's start out with toxic friendships. So, you know, I have uh, Joe Money and, uh, no, Joe Nasty and Meg Money. I'm mixing it up already. So I just want to know, how do y'all feel about toxic friendships? Like to y'all, what makes a friendship toxic? Um, well, I think for me, being in a toxic friendship or one tail, I guess, or one sign of being in a toxic friendship is if you're friends with somebody who doesn't want to grow or who isn't accepting of growth and change and trying to evolve in life. Um, you know, people always say that you want to surround yourself with people who are doing better than you. So it motivates you to do better. I also think it's important to surround yourself with like minds who want to grow and do better, even if they like aren't already doing better. And so if you surround yourself with somebody who's kind of like content and complacent with where they are, that mindset can be infectious. And I think that person, or you may also bump into issues with that person when you find yourself trying to grow and change because they may not understand why you're evolving. So I think that's one sign of, you know, being in a, a toxic friendship. All right. All right. I feel you. Meg money. I feel like for me, um, when I think about what would make a friendship toxic, I think that it's more so the feeling of not knowing whether or not the other person is putting as much into it, I guess, as you are, or whether or not they're as supportive as you are. Um, I do agree with Jordan as far as the being willing to grow and everything and surround yourself with people who, you know, want to achieve greatness and everything. Um, But when I think about just on this, like being a friend, being a good friend, I think that, you know, signs that someone might be toxic for you is, you know, they come to you with all of their problems, but you can't go to them. You know, you support them at whatever it is that they're pursuing, but they can never seem to find the time to support you. Um, you know, they'll let you vent. I mean, they can vent to you, but you can't vent to them. Just, you know, mm-hmm. just the support, I think, is what I think of when I think about toxic friendships is, you know, do you reciprocate kind of what it is that I give to you? Um, that's something to me that I would consider toxic or someone that maybe didn't know how to be a friend. Very okay. true. And I was going to say, like, people need to know how to be a friend in order to have a friend. And right. sometimes everyone, like, people just don't get that, which is strange to me. But people don't realize that you have to first be the friend that you want to receive. So, yeah. Yeah, I think everything y'all said is very accurate and I feel like it has probably happened to either all of us or most of us. Um, I want to add that for me, like a sign of a toxic friendship is definitely somebody who is jealous of you or, you Mm -hmm. know, just seems to have like jealous behavior towards you. And sometimes that, 
yeah, sometimes it shows itself and sometimes it's more subtle and even you don't realize it until like, you know, shit hits the fan basically. But yeah, that's another toxic trait I think people can have is, is jealousy. So very true. I guess let's see. Okay. So I'm going to just start because (laughs) I kind of feel like I need to start this way. So I've had several, unfortunately, I've had several experiences with toxic friendships. And (laughs) I'm just going to say that I personally don't feel like toxic friendships can be fixed. And it could just be me not having a desire to even be bothered with a person after I feel like they did something to me. But I do want to hear like y'all's thoughts if y'all feel like, you know, you can mend that friendship, even though it's toxic. I mean, I think it just depends. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like, okay, if a friendship was toxic and the friendship ended or is about to end or whatever, and you care enough about it to, I guess, put it all on the table, address it, you know, say what you think is wrong, then if the other person is open to seeing perhaps the error of their ways, or if you're the toxic friend and you're open to seeing the error of your ways, then sure. Um But with that being said, you know, I feel like I'm also coming from the perspective of someone who does not have a lot of experience in this department. Um, A lot of my friends, you know, are people who have been in my life for a very long time. That's not to say that I haven't, you know, lost a friend. I'm, I'm can think of like one story that I could easily share, um, with the whole world to hear (laughs) on this podcast, but Mm -hmm. you know, I think that, yeah, I think that it can be fixed if both parties are willing, but I also feel like it's, you know, it's up to the person who, if you're the non-toxic friend, then I feel like, you know, it being fixed, honestly, kind of weighs solely on, well, now that you've realized those traits and now that you've realized what kind of friend they are or are not, do you care enough to fix it? Um, you know, I'm kind of one of those people to where it's like, once I see you, like I see you, I'm kind of good on you. Now people can change, people can grow. And maybe some years down the line, if you're a different person and our paths naturally cross and we get cool again, then okay. But, you know, once I see that this is how you are and you're okay with being this way, then I don't know if it's more, I don't know. I guess fix might be the wrong word. I think sometimes people just aren't a good match. Um, that's true. And that's kind of where I stand on that. But you said you don't think they can be fixed. What about you, Jordan? I feel like I don't know what Jordan about to say. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm about to say either. I really don't, but <laughs> no, but I was just thinking, um, do I think that toxic friendships can be fixed? Yeah, I do. Uh, but from personal experiences, have they ever been fixed? No, they haven't. Um, I know I've talked to both of you all just about different friendships in the past and and just the things that I've encountered with people. And I remember one time Megan made a comment about me being very people-centric when I was younger, when we were in college, I was very people-centric. Absolutely. And so, yeah. And so I say that to say, I put a lot of um, loyalty into the friendships and the bonds that I create. And I really do want to give people a chance. And so what I've had to learn over the years, mainly through these toxic friendships, is that 
people aren't going to always treat you the way you treat them. So you can give people tons and tons of chances, but they may not always give you those chances. You know, you may only get one, even if you get a good one at that. And so um, what I've had to learn is that if I see the signs of a toxic friendship or if I've given it all that I can and I'm waiting around and I'm trying to, you know, get the friendship resolved and I want to have a come to Jesus or a lemon squeeze with my homegirl to see what's going on. At some point you have to walk away like you can't keep putting your energy into making a situation work when you're the only one who sees, you know, what needs to be fixed, or if you're the only one who feels the toxicity of the relationship, like at some point you have to walk away. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I know I found myself doing that with some people just cold-blooded, had to unfollow them on Instagram, unfollow them on Facebook, you know, no numbers in my phone, just got to walk away. Um, And I, I think at some point people leave you no other choice but to do that, you know, so. No, I agree. Um, I think it's important sometimes to let it go. I mean, I think there are maybe sometimes, you know, in Megan's world where it might be okay and y'all might be able to work past it and there might be a little light at the end of the tunnel. But unfortunately, like I say, I, I can't relate to none of that. Um, <laughs> my toxic <laughs> friendships ended and never came back. Um, I had some people that, you know, it did end, but we were able to remain civil. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to, you know, treat you any differently per se. We just not going to be friends, you know, like we keep our distance high and by and that's it. Yeah. Um, but that's very few people. Um, so, you know, we're going we gonna to get into the, the down and dirty here right now. So we're going we gonna to spill some tea. Um, <laughs> so we ain't going to say no names in the stories oh, now. But, you know, I'll just start um, with my toxic friendship story. And I'll try to keep it, you know, pretty quick so everybody can have their rounds. But basically... <laughs> I was going to say that friendship in 2010. <laughs> I was going to this is going to be a part two. Like, all right, y'all stay tuned for part two of this you know toxic what? friendship don't do me. episode. <laughs> like, and I then in 2012, I seen the same girl, but at Brewster's. <laughs> oh, I, can't. I can't. I said oh, I was going to try to wrap it up. Oh, man. Okay. Y'all just added two days. extra minutes. I'm done. I'm done. Go ahead. So anyway, on this app, Bumble, and she loves it. Actually, you know, I have met girls on Bumble um, in the past, and I got lucky with that. I feel like they were all pretty cool for the most part, but we're going to move on. So anyways, um, one of my toxic friendships was, you know, I'd known someone. We were friends for several years. Um, I would say like three or four years. And we had never had any arguments, never had any fights, never had any issues whatsoever. Always got along really well. It wasn't until after we had graduated and, you know, this individual, we had the same major, we were going in the same field. And we were both kind of going through that struggle of like, let's try to find a job. Like we're trying to get a job in our field, et cetera, et cetera. And oddly enough, we had both gotten like cold called for the same job. And this individual had gotten their cold call before I got mine. And so I was like, okay, well, I already knew that they were going to be on this job interview. They didn't know I was going to be on this job interview. So I thought the mature adult thing to do would have been to simply let them know like, hey, I also got a cold call for this job. So... I uh, basically (laughs) let the person know 
that I got the cold call. And initially they took it well. They were like, yeah, I'm happy for both of us. I'm happy that we're both getting these opportunities, which I thought was great. Like I was like, yeah, like, you know, I'm kind of like when one wins, we all win. Like that's sort of my thing. So anyways, time goes by. Next thing you know, I'm skipping some parts. I told you I'm trying to wrap it up. Next thing you know, this person calls me going off on me um, basically saying that, you know, I had already got another job. They basically didn't feel like I needed the job, even though the job that we were going for was definitely in our field. And the job that I had had at the time was not even remotely close to my field. And they felt like, you know, I was wrong and they couldn't trust me and that I was a bad friend because I was going on the same job interview. So for me, and you know, everybody has their opinions, but Like I said, I'm a, if one wins, we all win person. And so I just felt like it was kind of messed up that you wanted me to be behind you. Like you didn't want me to be at the same level or even feel like maybe I was above you in some way. It made me feel like you wanted me to stay where I was at so that you could get what you wanted. And, and, you know, in this person's defense, maybe they just had a moment, you know, maybe they were just in their feelings that day. I don't know, but it definitely rubbed me the wrong way. Cause I just felt like we had never had any issues and never had any problems. And I thought it was really weird that behind a job, we were basically losing a whole friendship. So that's my story. Yeah. Um, you know, with you telling that story and like, obviously in real life, Jordan Dice and I are close. So Jordan and I have heard this story before, but, um, you know, honestly, Dice, like, as I think about what you went through with that, the first thing that comes to mind is I had the opportunity a few years back to attend um, a conference and I had the opportunity to sit in a session with Kim Coles. Y'all know Kim Coles. She played Sinclair on, um, Living Single, really, really nice lady. I'm very down to earth. Like you honestly wouldn't even know that you were talking to a celebrity, like just very warm and welcoming. And she talked about a lot of things in her session and it was a great opportunity because only about like 20 of us got to sit in there. But, you know, she talked about something similar to what you're, you know, what you just shared with everyone dice, which is, you know, how it is in the industry and how there are limited roles. And this was years ago before people like were on this, you know, train to include women more, include black people more, include black women more in Hollywood and in roles and stuff. And um, she talked about how roles are so limited. Opportunities are so limited. You know, you see some of the same people on TV, on movies, but what you don't know behind the scenes is, just about all of us went out for that part. Like no matter how old or new you are to the game, oh, we all know about the casting call and we're all going. And I thought it was really nice that she said, you know, I'll walk in a casting call. And, you know, she was like, Vivica might be walking out and be like, okay, girl, hope you did good. If if, if I don't get it, hope you get it. Like she was talking about how they root each other on. Like there's no mm-hmm. beef because, oh, you know, me and Kim Fields are at the same audition or me and Viv Gay Fox are at the same audition or, oh, you know, me and Carrie Washington are at the same audition. She was like, they're rooting for each other. They're hoping that, okay, well, if I don't get it, I certainly hope you get it. Like, I want the role to go to a fellow, you know, Black woman who I know can mm-hmm. kill it in the game. And so with your story, honestly, I feel like, you know, stuff like that, like when people kind of go against you or not go against you, but I mean, the way that I always have taken that story was that this person felt like, oh, well, you shouldn't have gone out for the job because they wanted the job. So you should sit at home without employment opportunity just so that they can potentially 
get the opportunity. You know, I, I do think that that was an example of, I think, a great toxic trait, like I was saying earlier with the support. You know, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. so it's okay for you to pursue better, but it's not okay for me to go for it as well. Um, and, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. I feel like if that would have happened to me, my mama quick, fast, in a hurry would have been like, you know, well, sometimes people are just intimidated by your greatness or just jealous of, you know, what it is they think you offer. Um, mm-hmm. And who knows? I mean, that could have been that situation. That person might have been, you know, potentially afraid that, oh, well, maybe she's more outgoing or maybe they'll like her more for the position. So I just had to share that Kim Cole's story with y'all because I feel like that was so relevant. Like an example of how as Black women, we should root each other on, you know, not go against one another or consider it betrayal when someone we know you know, wants to go for the same opportunity that we learned about. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the tale of a really good friend, you know? Um, Like, I feel like the three of us were drawn to each other because we all kind of have like the same outlooks on, I guess, the themes of life, like some of the big key themes of life. And so I think one of the biggest ones that we gel over is knowing how to be a friend and how to support your friends. And it wasn't until I had certain experiences in life, mainly when I got to college, where I realized that not everybody is automatically instilled with those ideals. You know, Um, everybody does not know what it means to be a friend or what it means to be a supportive black woman. And so I have always believed that what is for you is for you and your blessing is going to be better than the next man's because it's going to be designed specifically for you. So I don't like to get all bent out of shape about what somebody else accomplishes. And I may feel like, oh, well, I haven't accomplished that or I didn't get that or I haven't done that because I know that when I do receive my blessing, it's going to be 10 times better than theirs because it's going to be specifically what I need and specifically for me. So, you know, like I try not to get um, or I not even try. I just don't like I don't get bent out of shape about what somebody else accomplishes. And so it's very refreshing to be around, especially black women who have that same mindset. And um, like I said, I just I guess this kind of leads into my little story and I'm trying to figure out how I want to tell it. But it's just really refreshing. It's just really refreshing to be around a group of supportive black women um, on top of supportive people who aren't your family. (laughs) But um, I'm trying to think like, so when it comes to toxic friendships, I have a few stories. They all stem from college. So y'all are going to know, but I'm trying to figure out how I want to tell them. And so I think I'm going to say it like this. So I had this juicy. (laughs) Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. See, so y'all, y'all let her talk and with no interruptions and no expectations. And when <laughs> I had to tell my story, y'all had all these words for me. But anyways, <laughs> so I had this friend in college. Um, we were joined by uh, a few common interests, but one like right out of the bat, we were both we were both college athletes going in our freshman year. Um, so we had met before, you know, the the school year started because we had met at practices over the summer. And then um, we ended up staying on the same freshman dorm hall. Well, I'll just say going into our sophomore year, we ended up staying in the same hall. Right. But the rooms in this hall were assigned based on GPA. So. <laughs> 
the RA that we had that year um, allowed us to choose our rooms, you know, and they, they called everybody based on who had the highest GPA. That person got the first pick and then, you know, who got the second highest GPA, got the second pick and so forth and so on. So um, by the time that the RA got to me, not that my GPA was like scrubbing the ground low, but my GPA was one of like, you know, it was like a lower one compared to everybody else on that hall that year. So the room I was stuck with was still like a single bedroom, but it had this like small ass closet. Like I'm going to say the closet probably had like a four foot ceiling or something in it. And y'all know, like I'm five, seven. Well, the listeners may not know, but Dice and Megan know I'm a pretty tall person. It had like a five, seven or I'm five, seven. And then the ceiling in the closet was like four feet or something. And the room was like really narrow. It was one of like the smaller rooms on that hall. Well, my friend, not to like, you know, bring too many um, detailed uh, veritables into it. Cause I know they you know, might be listening. Like I know she ain't talking about me, but this person was shorter than me. So, I mean, a four foot closet would have been okay for her. Well, come to find out like the summer going into our sophomore year, which was, you know, a few months after we had already picked rooms, um, the RA had gotten it wrong and she had done the GPAs based off the first semester instead of the GPAs based off the first year. And when you pulled the cumulative GPA for the first year, I had a higher GPA than my friend. Mind y'all now, once again, this is the person that I met prior to going to college. So like she and I were close. We were on the same team. Um, we spent majority of our days together, you know, X, Y and Z. Um, she had met my family. I had met her family, which y'all know my family is a big thing for me. And my family is the kind where they take care of people. If they know you're a friend of mine, they're going to treat you just like their child. So anyway, we had done a whole year of that. And so by the time we moved into this dorm for our um, for our sophomore year, the RA had gotten the GPAs wrong. And it turns out that technically I was supposed to pick my room before her. So the room she had picked was now then back on the market. And that room was bigger. It was big enough for actually like two beds to be in there, although it was still going to be a single room. It had like two closets. It was a lot more spacious. It had taller ceilings, X, Y, and Z. So let me just say, I had already voiced to this friend that I wanted that room to begin with. I had already voiced to her that that was the room that I wanted before we ever picked anything. But because when we did the first round of picking and she got to pick before me, she chose that room. Mind you now, it wasn't like she needed the space because she wasn't that tall. So when I got stuck with the room that I had because we thought my GPA was like lower than hers, I was like, oh, man, it kind of sucks. But, you know, I'm going to make it work for the year, blase, blase. Well, lo and behold, look at God when the GPAs were wrong and I was able to now, you know, pick before her and that room was on the market. That's the room. I want it because at the end of the day, I had already voiced the fact that I wanted that room and I had earned it. My GPA was higher than hers. Y'all, y'all know this girl was pissed off about a room. She said, I stole her room from her. <laughs> and I just think that's so bizarre because at the end of the day, you don't own these rooms for one. And for two, it's kind of like, well, you didn't have the right GPA. Like, it's not my fault that the RA allowed us to pick at the wrong time. They should have waited until we had, you know, the cumulative GPA for the year, not just the GPA based off the first semester. Mm. And y'all, let me just go on to say what made the situation even more pathetic in my opinion, was 
we resolved it so I thought for that year had a very tumultuous friendship for the next two years and then it came back out again our senior year that she was still pissed off about that damn room from sophomore year <laughs> and that blew, that completely blew me and I just kind of felt like you know as a real friend you just have to take your wins and your losses and at the end of the day it's not like I punked you out of that room it's not like I punked the RA to make you give up that room the RA had it wrong so instead of being upset with me your friend you know what I'm saying you should just you know you just gotta take that L accept that loss and be like dang it was based on GPA Jordan Jordan got it fair and square it wasn't about oh well that was my room and y'all like I guess to this day well I won't even say to this day but I guess what she wanted was for me to still allow her to have the room that's what I was going to say. Even though, yeah. she still, even though she didn't earn it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I did. And to me, that's crazy to think that a friend would want you to belittle your success to appease them. That's Girl. not a friend. You need to just respect the fact that I, I outdid you on that one. And res- you yeah, know what I'm saying? Just like I had accepted the fact that you had outdone me when we first picked rooms. And so well, that was when I really saw it, it wasn't reciprocated, you know? Yeah. Like and I was going to say, like, I didn't even think outside looking in, I didn't even think it was about like, oh, you want me to belittle myself? No, it was about comfort and it was about preference. At the end of the day, this would not even be a story had when you found out that you know, the RA got it wrong. If you would have said, well, I'm cool with the room I already got and allowed her to be where she originally decided Mm -hmm. she wanted to be, I guarantee you this would not have been a story because at the end of the day, it would have been about, oh, well, you know, yeah, okay, I picked it first. So the right thing for her to do is even though they got it wrong, don't make me have to change. But because you chose yourself over choosing someone else, which I don't think there's anything wrong with that, there was an issue. And so that's kind of how I feel about that situation. I mean, would not have been a problem had you let her stay, you know, in that room that she chose the first go around. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, people be real petty behind some stuff like rooms, jobs, friendships. I don't know. I just feel like people be like Mm -hmm. real petty. And at the end of the day, like, I think it's sad when you you consider somebody or you say you consider somebody a friend, but you want to make sure that they stay beneath you. You know what I'm saying? So even if it's something as small as, oh, well, I got the bigger room. Okay, that makes you feel better about yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like that should not be a factor in your relationship or in your friendship, especially if you know, like, this was fair and square. Like, they did it based off GPA. Mine was higher. You knew I wanted that room. It is what it is. Like It's not even a conversation worth having. It is a room. <laughs> exactly. And Dice and I yeah. both um, served at one point in time or another as RAs at our university. Um, and I did it for three years. And I will tell you that, and I'm pretty sure I told you this like back when it happened, but at the end of the day, that is just the that is just the policy that they put into place, like for certain, you know, housing. I mean, it's not like it was just reserved for that hall that things were going to go by GPA. Um, and so, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's nothing to be mad about. You can't be mad at the RA. You can't be mad at um, the university. You know, it, it just is what it is. Like, sorry, you know, you lost out. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you lose. Yeah, I mean, when I was an RA, I I don't 
exactly remember everything because y'all I'm old low-key but (laughs) I do definitely remember that being a rule so at the end of the day it's just one of those things where it is what it is but let me see if Meg Money has a a toxic friendship story for us since you know she had all these perfect friendships in her life oh my god I did not have perfect (laughs) friendships I think I just got very lucky and a lot of people who are close to me either became my friends in middle school or high school um, and then I have a group of people I'm close to that y'all are included in from college. And that's just kind of it. Um, been that, I mean, you know, I think I just got lucky. Like I said, I think my experience just was different. But to your surprise, my story, um, if I think about it, I guess technically in my story, I would be the one that was accused of being somewhat of the toxic person. Now, oh. this was before toxic <laughs> became like the keyword or whatever. So, but I'm just, I'm, I'm putting it on myself because I'm saying like, I was not the one who... Um, I guess somewhat ended the friendship. I don't know. So I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version. This was in high school, my senior year. Um, I had a group of friends. There were four of us. And um, we all went to different schools and everything. But we became friends through middle school. Um, And obviously, I'm going to keep the theme going. I'm not going to say any names or anything like that. But um, long story short, you know, this friend just had been through some some life changes. and her her senior year, which was also my senior year at her school, um, when her prom came around, you know, I was trying to do at one point what I feel like we all had done for one another, which was like, oh, give me the the details of like what time you're leaving. I want to come like take pictures of you, you know, see you before you go to your prom. Um, and when that time came with this friend, she was like, oh, don't worry about it. Um, But the way that she said it, I thought she was saying like, oh, don't go out of your way. And so I was like, oh, no, you know, it's nothing like um, I'm free. I think I might have had to work that night, but like I don't have to work until so-and-so want to come take pictures of you or whatever. And she was like, no, for real, don't worry about it. And then she went into this whole spiel about how um, I guess she had been feeling for a while that she didn't feel like I was being a real friend to her. She felt like that when I would call her, when I would text her, I I remember like these weren't her exact words, but it was something along these lines of like, she felt like when I would ask her like, oh, how are you or what's up or what's going on that I basically wanted to know like what the latest gossip was and not how she really was doing completely caught me out of left field because I was just like, what are you talking about? Like, I've never called you up and been like, okay, girl, you know, what's tea? I mean, we weren't saying tea back then, but you get what I'm saying. Like, I've, I've never done that. I've never been that kind of friend. And I know that sometimes people can have blinders on to who mm-hmm. they are, but like, I know myself very well. I know my flaws. I know my good traits. Like, I know my weaknesses. I know everything about myself. I'm very honest with who I am. And I know that I'm a good friend to people. So when she said that, I just was like, what? And it caught me so off guard. I'm a sensitive person at heart. So like, I remember I called my best friend who was also friends with her. And I just like really upset. I was crying. I was like, I don't understand how she could think this way about me. Um, It just, it completely blew me out of left field. I just was not prepared. I was like, I just don't know where this could have come from. Fast forward to some time later, one of my guy best friends, um, was able to give me some information. And this was because he went to the same high school as her. And 
um, he surprisingly was able to put it into perspective for me. He has some key pieces that I didn't know about. And it's a mess. Like, this is truly something that I feel like could go on Love and Hip Hop or something. Because basically, she was not honest with me. Um, she felt some type of way because I guess she felt like I played a role in a little bit of her business getting out about some experiences with a certain guy. Um, but what I will tell you is, I completely think she's 100% at fault. And I'll tell you why. Um, she had some experiences and I didn't know anything about it. And when we finally did discuss it, she made it seem like this happened. You know, I'm not going to get into any details because I don't want to do that. She made it seem like one thing happened. And the guy that she was involved with, um, was best friends with one of my guy best friends. And one day while over at my guy best friend's house, the guy who was involved, um, started like running at the mouth, basically, you know, telling all her business, like just not being very respectful of her and his experiences with her. And so because at the time she was, you know, one of my best friends, I absolutely was defending her. Like, I just felt you, he was not going to talk about her like that in my presence. You know, I was just like, I don't know if this is how guys talk when girls aren't around, but you're not going to talk about her like that around me. And then, you know, based on what I knew or what I thought I knew, he was also lying. So I was like, not only are you being disrespectful, but then you're lying on her. Like, you know, don't don't lie on what a woman has or has not done with you. Just keep it to mm-hmm. yourself. But if you're going to put it out there, at least tell the truth. Well, it all came full circle, like, later down the line. And apparently, she lied to me about what her experiences <laughs> were. And um, the guy actually was... <laughs> The guy actually was telling the truth, but I think that what happened, and I don't know this to be certain, but I think that what happened was he probably went to her and was like, you know, hey, you know, your your homegirl came at me like really aggressive saying I was lying. Like, I don't know what you're telling people, but you know, I don't lie about what I do, blah, 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 blah. And I think that for her, it just was like, I think she just kind of felt like I played some sort of role in that. Um... And, you know, I could have blinders on, but like I said, I I think it's 100% her fault because at the end of the day, you didn't have to tell me your business. Like, I didn't (laughs) ask you, I didn't ask you what happened when you were with him. You volunteered that information. Um, And it came out later that, like, she volunteered that information because she felt like, oh, I knew you were going to want to know how that night ended. Okay, well, that was you assuming. Like, I wasn't going to force you to tell me anything but you came to me with information you told me how your night ended and then what you didn't know was that behind your back he was going to be talking about you the way that he was talking about you I thought I was standing up for you and this is how it was reciprocated now I'll give a little bit of grace and say like I said earlier at the time in which all this blew up this person was going through a lot of life changes um and so I don't know if she just was like in an I don't trust anyone mood or what, but I just know that um that is the only experience that I can honestly recall where I felt like someone completely like misjudged my intentions as a friend. Um, you know, I don't consider myself to be a messy person, but like I would do that for y'all if I was in a room tomorrow with the man. And he started, you know, just going in about y'all, like telling all y'all personal business, private business that's supposed to be between the two of y'all. 
I would absolutely defend you. I don't care if you did the stuff he's saying you did or not. I'm not going to let him like talk about you, you know, like you just a woman on the street. Like you, you know, you just been around. I'm not going to let that go on. Um, and so, you know, I mean, I don't know, but you know, uh, fast forward to today, we are not friends, but we are, um, cordial. Like, I think we, mm-hmm. I think we follow each other on something like, I'll like a picture here and there. She'll like a picture here and there. Um, but we are not friends. And that, that's funny that like our generation can consider cordial, like interacting on social media, but like not ever really speaking. <laughs> it's like, yep. yeah, we're cordial. Like I'll like her picture. I'll view her story. But I mean, yeah, I think I told it. her like yeah. congratulations on something recently, actually, because I don't hold any bad. I don't hold any bad like blood towards her. And actually, you know, I'll say that. Thank God for one of my guy best friends who like gave me all the information and brought the situation full circle because once he told me what happened, I was like, oh, I'm good on it. I'm over it. Like my feelings are actually pretty hurt when it initially happened. When he told me like a month or two later, like more background information, I was like, oh, I'm good. I don't need her in my life because if you cutting me off off of assumptions that I played a role in, you know, your business am I getting out? Well, I, I didn't play a role in anything. It was him telling everybody what had going on, not me. But you yeah. know, um, I think we see that a lot actually, where women go for the other other woman. Not that me and him were involved. I'm just saying, like I think women often <laughs> attack each Dang. other instead of going to the root of the problem. Like right. the only two people that were there was y'all. So and sometimes the problem is sometimes the problem is the person themselves, which I think you know is a big point with the whole toxic conversation. I feel like sometimes. People, like you said, she may have been going through something. The person mm-hmm. I was dealing with may have been going through something. You never know what people have going on. And it's just like, I think sometimes people don't take the time to be like, okay, is this situation really that serious or is it just me? You know what I'm saying? Like they have to like ask themselves. And since they don't take like that quick second to do like a gut check, then they end up misdirecting their anger towards yeah. the wrong person. Yeah. That's it's true. called self-reflection. And I think I've been saying that as long as I've known the two of you, like I'm really big on people being able to do self-reflection because Lord knows I can do it on myself. And if you mm-hmm. can't look within and be like, okay, am I handling this situation as best as I can? Am I looking at this with, you know, all my glasses on and am I seeing it for what it really is? Or am I just overly like emotionally invested before I respond to people? Or even after you respond, like you can do self-reflection at any time. But like, it's hard to be in a friendship with someone who never sees themselves at fault. You know, it's always what the world does to them, but never what they put back out into the world. Like that's when you really meet a toxic personality, when they cannot self-reflect and correct within and moving forward with how they deal with you and, you know, anybody else they come into contact with. Like, oof, you just set yourself up for failure right there. And the thing is, like with my situation, I don't even necessarily think that that person is or was toxic i think that they just completely misjudged the situation and moved too quick in my opinion like i think that's the perfect example of when communication is not in play like had you just talked to me had you just come to me with what you were hearing you would have found out that it wasn't what you thought it was but um that moving too quick is is always it for some people yeah 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 always if you would just take five minutes (laughs) and think Mm -hmm. about it you know you would probably make a different decision but sometimes people you know we are humans are emotional creatures and i think sometimes we act on impulse 
and we don't stop to say like, okay, like what's really going on here? You know, let me at least find out, like give person, give a person the benefit of the doubt. You know what I'm saying? Like before, mm-hmm. unless it's something egregious, but give them the benefit of the doubt before you go and attack them, especially if you know, like that's not that person's character on a regular basis. So it's like, why all of a sudden would you be like messy? <laughs> you know what exactly. I'm saying? Like yeah, if you have yeah. been messy that whole time. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. what it was for me. It was like, out of all the years we've been friends, I have never played a role in like, gossiping about you or spreading your business why now all of a sudden would that be my motive to calling you or checking in on you it just made no sense but you know at the end of the day um there's no bad blood there I mean it wasn't meant to be you know we were not meant to stay friends it was a nice ride while it lasted um Mm -hmm. (laughs) and moving on well you guys I feel like we definitely covered toxic friendships (laughs) so Let's move on to toxic relationships, and I mean intimate relationships. <sighs> this is a heavy one. I know for a lot Jordan of us. had to let out some <laughs> breath on that one. <laughs> this is a heavy one. Um, okay, so how do you know, like, your relationship is toxic? I'm sorry, Jordan. What, what, what's well, going on? I, I feel like you got something on your mind. Let, let me just say this, and I, I hate that I didn't say it at the beginning of like the whole topic. But let me just say, I feel like our generation has like overused the word toxic. I quite honestly hate to even hear it, especially in reference to relationships, because that's when people were using it the most. Like when you Mm -hmm. were in or when you see people in a bad relationship, they're like, oh, my God, it's so toxic. That dude's so toxic. She's so toxic. I'm like, man, can y'all come up with another word to say you know, he's disrespectful. Can you come up with another word to say she just dumb for saying, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like we do overuse the word toxic, but nonetheless, mm-hmm. I do think we are making some pretty good points in these scenarios today because right. you can have toxic friendships and we all know you can have some toxic relationships. But I guess I'm just trying to say, I think there are other adjectives to describe two people being wrong for each other um, yeah. other than other than using the word toxic. But I just I wanted think- to say that, yeah. I think toxic is just one of those words, like many others, that it started out good and then it just got overused, um, yeah. like everything else. Well, people's um, but- vocabulary skills are low because they're <laughs> very <laughs> limited. Very so, limited. You know, unfortunately, the the younger generation, you know, unfortunately, some of us when we learn a word, that is the only one that we can <laughs> hold on tight to. And so, you know, I say it with humor in my voice, but it's really sad. People need to read more and enhance your vocabulary because there are other words to describe a situation that may not be beneficial or that may be harmful to you in life. So when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, and that was our vocabulary lesson from um, Money Meg. And- the education <laughs> experts on the podcast. Thank you. So, nevertheless, <laughs> uh, okay, y'all, let's get back on track because, you know, we be going off. Um, okay, <laughs> toxic relationships. So, I'll just go ahead and start. Um, I think it's best with this topic to tell stories really only because I feel like like Jordan was saying, everybody's definition of toxic can get a little different. Um, But we have our stories and I think we probably all heard each other's stories for the most part. If we have them, I don't know about Meg because Meg be living the perfect life over there. Um, (laughs) Oh my God. I know for sure. Don't do this. I know for sure me and Jordan have had some stories Um, and I got stories so long. It's not, I can't even, there's not enough time on this podcast, but I'm going to start with, you know, one that, was the most like um, present, I guess, in my life, one that affected me the most. Um, I was in a relationship with a guy for almost two years and it was like my first like real relationship. I had always been like unlucky with that. I had never had like a lot of boyfriends, never had a lot of guys coming for me or nothing like that. I had always been like the single friend. Uh, <laughs> and that's just who I was. So when this guy came along, like I was really excited because he seemed serious. He seemed to have it together. Like he seemed like we wanted the same things. So how he became toxic was, and I didn't even realize it at the time. I realized it after everything ended, but how he became toxic was he basically was trying to change me and I didn't even realize it. So like over the years, I felt like he was always asking me to change something like, for those of y'all who have not ever seen me, I have um, two nose rings, one on each side of my nose. Um, at the time, I had even had a lip ring at one point. So that was like, I was clearly into piercings. Um, and so he met me that way. And till this day, I still have two nose rings. And out of nowhere, like, you know, six or seven months into the relationship, he's like, oh, you know, I don't like the hoop nose ring. I want you to wear the stud. You know, and like my dumb ass, I'm just like, okay, like, I guess, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just went ahead and was like, okay, I'll just adjust my nose rings. No big deal. It's like things that you just don't think at the time. And I was in my early twenties, you don't think are a big deal. It's like, that's reasonable, whatever. So then it was, oh, well, you know, I don't like how you curse. And I'm just like, okay, but I was doing this when you met me. I didn't know you. I was like, I legit started cursing at like 10 years old. Like this is kind of like dead at that point. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's no going back for me. And so like, I started to like, not, I tried to not curse around him, you know? And like, I'm right to call my best friend and go off because I could finally like get all my curse words out for the week. Um, but yes, when I was around him, I definitely would not curse. Um, then it was like, literally y'all, it was just always something like, And it got to the point where I was like, I said to him one day, and at this point, we're almost a year in, I said, I feel like you're always finding something wrong. Like there's always something, whether it be, you know, my hair, my nails, my face, whatever. Like, why do you keep finding things wrong with me when I don't do that to you? Like, I accept you for who you are. And he was like oh, well, you know, I'm always going to find something wrong. Like he didn't think anything was wrong. (laughs) He didn't think anything was wrong with asking me to change everything basically about myself, Um, even down to like my personality, like just things that, you know, make me me. He didn't think anything was wrong with asking me to do that. But 
you know, if I were to ever ask him to do even one thing, it was like, no, I can't do that because this is who I am. This, this is how I am. I'm like, okay, so it's how you are, but I can't be who I am. Like it was a mess y'all. So anyways, long story short, you know, obviously that relationship didn't last. And I thank God every day that it didn't, but it was a lesson I had to learn that, you can't go into any relationship and lose who you are just to say, like, I have a man or I'm with somebody. You know what I'm saying? I think at that time I was just so excited to be with somebody and I thought I had somebody who wanted to be with me. I almost was willing to do anything <laughs> like at any cost to keep the relationship going. And I just had to learn, like, you shouldn't have to do that to be with somebody. They should accept you for who you are. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I think whenever I think about, you know, like toxic relationships, I used to always think that a toxic relationship was something that people could not get out of. Like you're dealing with somebody who isn't good for you, but for whatever reason, like you can't leave the situation. So if it's like a woman who is financially dependent on the man or they have children and they're afraid of, you know, separating them from their parent or something like that, it took me until honestly the age that I am now (laughs) to realize that sometimes truly toxic situations are those that you, I don't know, like you just, you don't even realize how toxic they were until they're over. And when you Mm -hmm. look back, you see that there were certain things about your partner that not only were they signs, but they were very telling of why, why things ended the way they did. So like, in my situation. And I was trying to decide if I was going to go into story time or not. But um, for me, I think the hardest thing about my situation was not the relationship itself, but once the relationship was over, because it caused me to really kind of like question the entire relationship. You know, it caused me to question, was it really genuine? Was it really sincere when I had put a lot into it? But what I realized after it was, you know, his detachment from me, even though he was the one who had done me wrong to cause us to end, um, and just his treatment towards me once the relationship was over, there were signs of that in his upbringing and how he grew up. And so I think I had kind of tricked myself. I don't want to say I ignored the signs, but I think I tricked myself in thinking that, oh, but I'm different. You know, it's still that same, I'm treating people how I want to be treated mentality. So I'm still thinking that, well, if I treat him how I want to be treated, regardless of everything that he's seen in life, which sounds so silly saying it now, regardless of the experiences that he's had in life, because I'm not giving him that experience, he won't give me that experience. And what I had to realize once the relationship was over was, no, ma'am, that's not the case. You can get it just like anybody else can. You know what I'm saying? Like you can get his ass to kiss for, you know, lack of any better term of phrase, just like anybody else. And so, um, you know, just looking back on it, that I think I kind of did that to myself, you know, by ignoring the fact or being very, I guess, naive that because I'm, you know, X, Y, and Z type of person, but I'm dealing with someone who's not X, Y, and Z, that I can um, make them see the X, Y, and Z in me, you know? And I know y'all probably like, what in the hell is Jordan talking about? But I just, I just felt like, you know, I could get them to, to do right by me, even though no one, I guess, had ever done right by them 
in his past and he had not done right by anybody leading up to that point. But for whatever reason, I thought I was the one. And so oh, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. I think, yes, yeah, sometimes, you know, being toxic, I, I mean, I, I don't want to say it's a state of mind, but it could be the things that you're oblivious to. It's just not always the like the physical situations that you're in and can't get out of. Sometimes it's that mental state you're in and can't see your way out of, you know, and you just have to to go through those lessons and and have those experiences in life to really look back and reflect. I hope yeah. if anybody's been through it, you look back and reflect because it don't make sense to go through. I know what I went through twice or three times or anything like that because Lord knows I couldn't take it. Right. But um, yeah, so. I think I'm that... Um... Go ahead. I'm sorry, we started at the same time. (laughs) I would tell y'all real quick, after that relationship, I had to go to therapy and I don't have no shame. I think therapy should be much more talked about um, in the Black community, but that's a whole other topic. But I definitely went because I had lost myself so much to the point where I needed to talk to somebody because at that point when the relationship ended, I didn't even know who I was anymore. So, you know. (laughs) <laughs> oh, and, and, and no, and, and there's nothing to be you know ashamed about in going to therapy. Um, and you're right, mental health does need to be addressed more in the Black community. And I think you both may know. I don't know if y'all know or not, but I'm seeing a therapist now after my situation. Like that is what you know led me to a therapist. Um, because mm-hmm. I questioned a lot about myself too. Like you said, like I didn't, I didn't know who I was for the first few months after the breakup because. The question then turned to, well, how could you, you know, choose to love somebody like that? How could you not see those signs in them? Or how could you not um, foreshadow that they could treat you this way? So then I'm questioning myself and the decisions Mm -hmm. I made instead of, you know, looking at him and being like, well, no, Jordan, you're you're a boss ass bitch. He just effed up. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you've got your yeah, shit together. Yeah. He just didn't realize. That so, shows you um, how somebody can like get into your head so well to the mm-hmm. point where you don't even know what you even know anymore. <laughs> like yeah. you just mm-hmm. like what? Like I thought mm-hmm. it was this, but it, you start questioning everything about yourself without realizing that it was that person who had manipulated you. Yeah. into feeling like you were the bad person or you were doing something wrong when in reality it was them right but we mm-hmm. just allowed ourselves to be you know our minds to be hijacked by this individual but anyways and i think for me that's where my ability to self reflect works a little too well because once again i'm looking internally instead of looking externally so i'm always accepting my portion of the blame but not really deflecting enough on you know, the other parties. So in that situation where, like I said, the person had clearly done me dirty, I had not done anything to them. I'm sitting over here trying to prepare for the next phase of my life, which is also something that this person knew was just as important, you know, as it was. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, for him to do what he did and then not really show any remorse and just to treat me the way that he did once everything came to light, it was just all, like I said, very eye opening. And it was um, shit, not even humbling because I thought I was already humble. But once again, like I said, eye opening. And it really caused me to just think about a lot of things and be like, wow, like, you know, so this is what they say when they say when people show you who they really are, you need to believe them. And by all Amen. means, I really saw who this person was, you know. So interesting things in life, man. Relationships are funny. They are very, very funny. They are. Um, and something I was going to say about something you said earlier, Jordan, is I think that a lot of women, black, white, Hispanic, just women, period, you know, often have that thought process that 
well, if I show this man, if I show him, you know, what it's like to be with someone who is kind, who is thoughtful, who's considerate, who shows genuine love, who, you know, just in general treats you right, whether you've ever been treated right by a parent, a friend, whoever. Like if I give them this experience of being treated the way that you should be treated, then I'll be different. You know, like you said, I'll be different. I'll be the person to kind of turn them around. And I think that it's just another reminder of how you can't change people. I'm a firm believer in that. You cannot change people. People have to want to change. Now you can be a positive Mm -hmm. influence Or, you know, and I do believe everyone has their match. And so I believe that when you meet yours, if that person has things that they need to change or improve on, you can be a strong influence. You can be the person that makes them wake up and say, you know what, I got to look at myself and change because I'm about to miss out not only on my person, but on just opportunities for myself. Because I mean, it's not just reserved for relationships. You know, I think that applies to jobs, to things that you want to achieve in life. I mean, just, you know, friendships just in general. And so I think that, you know, you sharing that definitely goes to show how at the end of the day, you know, when people show you who you are, who they are, like you said, you got to believe them. And sometimes, you know, as harsh as it may sound, sometimes you got to leave people where they at. You know, when you see Mm -hmm. on sites that they don't have it, whatever it is that you're looking for, whatever it is that you um, know that you deserve when you see that they don't have it, leave them alone. And maybe one day they'll grow and they'll have it and you'll still be single. Maybe you won't. Then that just means it wasn't meant to be. But I think that, um, you know, I haven't had a lot of experiences with, you know, quote unquote, toxic relationships. Um, uh-huh. I am not perfect. So my life is not perfect. <laughs> like this is trying to lead y'all to believe, but I definitely have had the experience of, Um, allowing myself to allow someone else just to like keep me on a yo-yo string like I would say for years just on and off it's like you know one day we're up and you're interested and you want to be serious and then the next day we're down and you're dating like three other girls and there's this expectation for me to still be there or be available whenever you're ready to pick that back up. And I think that I can kind of relate to what Dice was saying, you know, now I was very young, y'all, this was all throughout high school and a little bit of college. That gives you like a forefront as to how long I kind of allowed this to go on in my life. But, um, you know, and there were like other people in between who weren't important, like people I liked or might've talked to for a little minute or whatever. But as far as like a truly toxic situation, I feel like I can relate to what Dice was saying on, you know, sometimes when you haven't had a lot of serious relationships or a lot of people show like a serious interest, um, sometimes you are willing to, I guess, do whatever it is that you think you have to do to keep them around. What's crazy about my situation is like, I don't even, I can't even think of nothing it was that I was like doing. I think just the, just the pure allowing this person to enter and exit as they pleased, you know, from my life, in my opinion, was definitely toxic, you know, toxic, toxic of him to think that it was acceptable to do that to someone, but also toxic of me to not wake up sooner and realize like, okay, you got to stop allowing this to happen. Um, I definitely think once I entered college, I got a little bit more strong. I got more opinions. Like things came more full circle about like 
what was and wasn't acceptable. But um, I just think it's interesting how you don't realize until you get older, like things that you allowed to go on. Because in my mind back then, would you have asked me like, was I, and I don't want to use the word victim now because I don't think I was a victim, but like back then, if you would have asked me, oh, was that a toxic relationship or a situationship, whatever you want to call it, I probably would have said no. Because ultimately like, you know, I nothing nothing ever went on that I didn't, you know, want to go on. Like I was in high school, so you know, none of those things were happening, at least not for me. Um and so, you know, it it wasn't anything specific. It just was like I said, the genuine, like the genuine or gen, I can't think of the word I want to say. I know they're gonna be like, what is she trying to say? But just the pure like back and forth just the the on and off like insert and exit as you please was not okay um and that's honestly the only situation that I can think of that comes to mind and but aside from that I will say I think that um there are definitely some situations I can think of where I could have easily been in toxic situations and I know that Dice and I have talked about this heavy before you know I don't know if our listeners know but do not be fooled. There are a lot of men out here who are genuinely attracted to like plus size women, um, like be in the DMs all day, every day, but on the surface in front of their friends, in front of their family, whatever, they don't want people to know that they want to keep that on the low. And I've definitely had more than a handful of experiences where like people wanted to be involved or wanted to talk or go on dates or whatever, but you didn't want anyone to know because you don't want anyone to know that you're into, I don't know, anyone who's bigger than a size six or eight or whatever the desirable size is today. And thankfully, I was strong-willed enough and confident enough to be like, no, nah, I deserve more than that. Like, if you're not, you know, not that I need to be blasted on social media, but if you're not willing to just like be open and be public, then I'm really not interested in you because I'm not interested in being anybody's secret. Um, that's just not mm-hmm. for me. And so, you know, I think that's another form of a toxic, oh, yeah. you know, Definitely. relationship or courtship Definitely. or whatever, you know, don't ever that's accept someone yeah. who wants to keep you their secret or, you know, you're not good enough to bring in front of their friends or their families or whatever. And for me, I know that y'all grew up a little bit, a little bit differently, but for me, like coming from a single parent home, Um, my mom always was just very like focused on instilling in me that like, you know, you're, you're beautiful, you're enough. Like I didn't need that validation from other people. And I think that that is what kept me from accepting, you know, so much of that, so much of those people who like want to talk to you in private, but not in public. But also I will be, you know, very open and say that, um, just across, close family and friends that I have witnessed relationships um, in front of me that I want nothing to do with. And when I say that, I mean, like, I don't want a relationship like that. And I think that that's part of what kept me maybe from having even more experiences is, you know, I have seen up close and personal pure examples, in my opinion, of some toxic relationships. And so I think that like, seeing some of those things throughout my childhood um show me early on like oh I already know what I don't want and what I'm not gonna put up with at all costs and that's just that's just that at the end of the day mm-hmm. but you know that's my little my little spiel you know because Dice was out here telling y'all I was perfect so I was like no 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 I definitely have 
something to bring to the table on this. I've been exposed to one too many toxic men out here. So, hmm. all right, Meg, whatever you say. So, oh, uh, Lord. <laughs> y'all, they just say this because and, and Dice has a man. So I don't even know where she's coming from, but I'm you know sorry, what? But I had to go through like ten negatives to get to one good. Dice has a man. Dice does have a man, Meg. You're right. Oh my God. It is what it is. Dice not the only one who does it, though. Ever since I have gotten with my fiance and we have lasted as long as we have lasted, I feel like my whole group of friends is like, oh, you know, everybody can't be perfect like you and so and so. I ain't going to say his (laughs) name on here because I don't know if he wants his name on the podcast, but I hear that all the time. Everybody can't be perfect like y'all, Meg. I'll be like, dang, you think I ain't got nothing to say? Low-key, people do switch up on you, like, once you get engaged or married, because I, I know, like, y'all know I have been through the ringer with some relationships. Like, that was yeah. just one little piece of a story I Very told true. y'all, but I got, I got like, 20 stories. Yeah. And I was like, the moment I got engaged, it was just like, oh, you know, y'all, y'all know how y'all married folks go. Right. Oh, you know, you married women. I'm like, wait, what? Just like, let's, y'all. let's not forget. <laughs> like, let's not forget where I came from, okay? When I will say, like, I, I think- always, Another part of it is I didn't meet him when I was 20. So I think a lot of people like, oh, yeah, know mm-hmm. me are like, okay, you met him when you were 20. And then, yeah, you did kind of have this long standing on and off thing in high school. But aside from that, like, what you got, girl? This man, <laughs> this man swept you up at 20. Which That's you definitely know. <laughs> how I felt. I ain't gonna lie. Like, I was like, mm, okay, she got this little cute little love story. The he rest of us have been dragged out on the street he and then almost 30 years old. Fool. I ain't nobody. Let me be fair. I'm not perfect. Uh, anyways, perfect. don't be fooled out here. Okay, so do y'all think that men are more toxic than women? Or do you yeah. think they're worse? You <laughs> Hell yeah. Man, let me tell you something. And I'm not biased because I I have witnessed like men in my family be done wrong by women. So I'm a huge advocate for like don't always put it on the man. You know, I do believe everyone can equally get the blame, but in general, I'm just speaking in general. I do think that there are a lot of men out there who either A don't know what they want and so they, they just play these games or B, you know, they know that they don't want anything serious, but they allow someone to still invest all of their time and energy. And, and I saw this argument recently on Facebook with like some screenshots where this girl was upset that this guy pretty much let her do everything for him for like six months or something. He was like, okay, but I told you at the beginning of when we met that Uh. I didn't want anything serious. And so, yes, you're right. You told her that she didn't want anything serious. And so she should have fell back and she shouldn't have did all this stuff. But at the same time, why would you continue to accept this treatment? You know, the laundry, the cooking, the cleaning, the sex. Why would you continue to accept that when you see that she's doing more than what she should be doing when you yourself just said you told her you didn't want anything serious? And so that is why Mm -hmm. I say I think that men tend to in general be more toxic because it seems like they're typically more likely to allow people to treat them as if the situation is serious when they Mm -hmm. know that they don't want anything serious um and that's just kind Mm -hmm. of you know how I observe it and plus you know there's this old movie y'all I know my mama gonna be like you got the movie wrong but you got the point right um I think it's called (laughs) Backstreet or something like that it's super old our like grandparents were watching it or something like that but there's like this oh, famous wow. line in the movie 
where you know, the husband was doing the wife wrong. And, and these was white people now, because I know y'all think all we talk about is black people, but these <laughs> were white people. And the husband was doing the wife wrong, cheating on her and stuff. And I think towards like the climax of the movie, you know, she just nutted up on him. Like she just was going fool. And his response to everything she was doing was kind of like, you know, why are you acting this way? Blah, 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 blah. And she said, well, this is what you've reduced me to. And so that's why I say, you know, I, I think that ultimately men are more toxic because yes, women have their traits. Women will do things sometimes, but at the end of the day, let's look at what led up to it. Now, yes, you have some genuine crazy women who just go off for no reason, but I feel like seven times out of 10, I ain't going to say nine times out of 10, seven times out of 10, I think there are things that led up to the crazy that led up to them becoming toxic. Like they were fine until you came in their life and messed with them. Yeah. Yep. And so that's I just, agree, you know, I could agree with that. That's my take. Um, I don't know how y'all feel. Are men or women more toxic for y'all? I think I think men take advantage of women more than I just think men take advantage of women more, right? And so um, I don't know if I want to call that toxic because like I told y'all earlier, I'm just very hesitant to use that word. But it it does kind of go back to what you were saying, Megan, where men will allow a woman to take care of them. Okay, so cook, clean, sex, all all the above. Let them, you know, drive a car, X, Y, and Z, use a credit card, you know, da-da-da. And I think men will oftentimes know from either early on or very close to the beginning of the relationship that this is not someone that they want to change for or that this isn't someone that they want to be in a serious long-term relationship with. But because it's so good for them at the moment, they just, they, they go with it. Like they let the woman invest in them emotionally, financially, however, but they let, and shoot, they even let women invest in, in the dude's kids sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like they will allow a woman to take care of their kids. And it's like all along, you know, that you don't ever plan on doing right by the, by this female. But to them, it's like, well, she chose to do that stuff. You know, I, I ain't forced her to do it. She chose to do it. And I just think that's so lame. Like, I, I just think that's a really like dumb mentality to have. And I can't speak for all women, but I know speaking for myself, I have a hard time allowing people to do things for me because I know that people don't just give things for no reason, you know, and it's not often that you'll find somebody who just gives you gifts out of the kindness of their heart if they aren't your grandmama or your daddy, you know. So when people do nice things for me, I'm not saying I'm weary of it, um, but I'm just like, okay, well, I need to show my appreciation, you know, like I need to return the favor or do a kind gesture or, you know, like show them that I do appreciate X, Y, and Z. So I'm not about to allow someone to invest in me and do nice things for me. And I know all along that I don't ever intend on showing this person any type of appreciation for what they've done. Like that's just cold hearted in my opinion. Um, and so I will say I, I have had to learn like how to accept the gift sometimes and, you know, realize that sometimes giving gifts are just certain people's love language. And that's just, you know, how they show affection. And I'm free to show my affection in other ways. But like, nonetheless, I think men know that when a woman is letting them use their car and, you know, to go pick up their children and she's watching their kids while they go out with their boys, that she's doing this on the guys in the hope that he's going to make, you know, an honest woman out of her, or that he's going to commit his himself to her. And I think that's trifling to just, you know, to take those gifts and you know, dang well, you don't, you don't plan on 
shoot, reciprocating that type of action or doing right by this woman. So I do think men take advantage of a females more than a female would take advantage of a dude. Yeah. And I think that's highly contingent on if it's like a sugar daddy situation. So, I mean, I definitely think women will take advantage of men when it's um, more so financially. Um, If they meet somebody that's rich, I think women can be worse in that sense, but it's primarily money based. I will come in and try to provide a little defense for the men. (laughs) Um, Just a little one. And that is, I feel like the reason why men seem to be more toxic is because men and women are raised very differently, typically. And I think men are brought up their whole lives, you know, from a child onto a teenager to a grown man, being told, don't get married, don't settle down, don't get serious, you know, basically get with as many women as possible, sleep with as many women as possible, you know, have multiple relationships. Like men are definitely taught to be, you know, I don't know, polygamous, like they're just taught to be out there versus women. I feel like from a young age, we're like, oh, find a husband, get married, settle down, blah, blah, blah. And I feel like we kind of need to stop putting those narratives out there, especially if we're not going to make it mutual. So it's like people can do what they want in a day. Everybody doesn't have to get married. Everybody doesn't have to have a relationship. Everybody doesn't have to have one relationship. People can do what works for them. But the issue is when you drag other people into something, knowing that y'all's viewpoints don't align and you're just purposely misleading them. That's when I think it becomes a toxic situation. Absolutely. But I think as a society, we just need to get back to like, a level playing field. And it's like, if I were to have kids and I had a son and a daughter, I'm teaching them both the same things. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, just don't yeah. be out here doing people dirty, but I know everybody's not raised that way. And so that's why we run into these issues that we have now. If you yeah. want a good example of the most toxic relationship, it's a lifetime story and everything. Just Google Betty Broderick. Oh Lord! Just I'm so serious, y'all. Who is that? Betty, Girl, who is that? Like, a lifetime movie. All, you got to look it up, Jordan. But it's, it's a got, true story. But they got a show on USA. Have you seen the show, May? Uh, uh-uh. it's a show. Girl, oh, girl, oh, May. Okay, that's we gonna talk about that off the podcast. But y'all, that's a some, show. Let me tell you something. I don't condone murder. Let me let me get that get that out here right now because I know people who know who that is is gonna be like. Wow, she's so crazy. She's bashing the men. I do not condone what Betty did. I am just saying, know the whole story. When you look at the the build up to what she did, I think that, I mean, I I think it's a perfect example of how somebody can just drive you to Mm -hmm. to something that you never thought you would be possible of. Um, And so, yes, she's wrong. Like, and so I'm spoiling it, obviously, she murders someone. But or two people, but all right, Megan, look, look it up, <laughs> look it up, and I think that's a perfect example of a toxic relationship, one hundred percent. Um, but Dice, I agree with you. I mean, you know, yeah, we got to have some some grace for the men. Like I told you, I mean, I I definitely have observed it. I mean, I know men who have had people leave them as soon as they got the money that they were waiting on that they didn't disclose they were waiting on before they got married i've watched men have their cars destroyed more than once i've watched men be fooled in several situations so like it definitely is not just men who can be toxic like i've witnessed women who just I don't know, at times just seem evil for no reason. Like, dang, why is she doing him like this? I just think um, in general, like, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm in the minority. I feel like most people can't relate, like, don't personally know a lot of men who have been through things like that. I feel like most stories that people tell are like, 
let me tell you about this woman I know who has done so wrong. And so, you know, I'm with you guys. We definitely have to, um, I think we have to get back to raising people equally um, because that is a part of the problem is the upbringing, you know, and what people are encouraged to do from the age of a small child. And that's how you become kind of, you know, who you are as a man or as a woman. So mm-hmm. I'm all for that. But y'all go Google Betty Broderick so we can have discussion on IG. <laughs> I'm so, I yeah, will go, man, I will go we live low key just, to we talk about Betty Broderick, okay? We got an unpaid ad on here. But nevertheless, the show on USA Today, the Betty Broderick story, I think it's called, is actually very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to move on. So mm-hmm. lastly, uh, as far as toxic things go, toxic workplaces. So I'm going to (laughs) just jump right into um, the meat and potatoes here because, you know. That's another one. (laughs) Toxic workplaces. So my personal story with that, and I'm sure everybody probably has a story if you've had a job. Um, I've had, I had a manager. I've actually had two managers that were toxic, but one, that manager was toxic because I felt like they were purposely like stunting my growth in my career. You know, anytime I would ask them to show me something, they wouldn't, or they would be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna put it on the calendar. And then that date would come and they would cancel the meeting, you know, and that just went on and on and on for like several months. And I just kind of was like over it, you know? And then when I switched to another team in the same company, I had another toxic manager where that individual, like they would kind of show me stuff, but you kind of had to like, you know, pull it out of them. And also they had like a really bad temper. So they like would be like flying off the handle, you know, pretty quickly, like just making the work environment a little more hostile than what I was used to. And so that's just my examples of how you can be in a toxic workplace coming from like their management perspective. I feel like this is going to be another situation where Megan is like, oh, no, I have a really great work environment. I love my my coworkers, you know. So Megan's going to come through with the perfect stories, I'm sure, I after me. I love my boss and my coworkers. <laughs> I can't lie. Mm-hmm. Again, I knew, I I knew Megan was going to do that. They're great but, people. I'm sorry. I just had to say that. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, so, you know, when you think about, like, toxic work environments, obviously you're going to think about, racist work environments, you know, like when you work with white people who just are ignorant and aren't trying to understand. Um, But then, you know, you've also got like ageism a bit. So like for a lot of people who are, um, who just got out of law school, like with me, you know, we're coming in at the, not at the bottom of the totem pole, but you know, like this was, you know, our first year in the workforce. Um, But then you've also, you have those issues with like sexism and stuff like that. If you're the kind of person that's in a place like that. Um, but then also, too, I think one of the bigger issues when it comes to workplace uh, toxic or toxicity is when you have like the workplace politics right at play. For me, that's a real big one because that not only affects how you do your job, but how you feel while you're doing your job, if that makes sense. Like you have the workplace politics. So it's like, you may want to get something done, but then it's like, you don't want to offend somebody because the person that you may offend is like the big boss's homeboy. And even though they not your boss or anywhere near your department, you can't piss that person off because then it'll come back and like bite you, you know, in the ass whenever you're trying to move up to the next level. And so I think sometimes having to navigate all the unnecessary, um, 
just the unnecessary aspects of workplace egos and like workplace um, personalities and all that adding into the politics of the job. Uh, I just that that just makes it so toxic on top of whatever it is that you may do. So like, God forbid, if the job that you actually do is just difficult and daunting, you know what I'm saying? Um, Having to deal with making your like accomplishments for the day or meeting your your task goals for the day on top of dealing like I said with workplace egos and personalities and politics um that just that just really blows and so I know I was speaking very vague but we obviously know which one I'm dealing with or which one I've dealt with um but yeah the the workplace politics got to go I quite don't understand it I don't know if it's like me being a millennial type of situation but I just kind of feel like a lot of people wear their their feelings on their sleeves you know like a lot more people than I realized in the workplace and I've just never had to be so sensitive and so aware of like older people's feelings like I just I would have never thought that going to work meant making sure that you tell, you know, Miss Susie, good morning and good evening when you leave. You know what I'm saying? Because if you don't, tomorrow morning, she ain't going <laughs> to unlock the door for you. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, dang, girl, like, ain't nobody been worried about you at 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm just trying to get my coffee and turn my computer on. Damn. But yeah, so it's just, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. I think um for me, yes, I do like my current workplace and, like, coworkers and supervisor. Um. But I've definitely, you know, when I was younger, like getting my hustle on with having several retail jobs at one time, um, I definitely have experienced, you know, just some of the typical things that you feel like you have to put up with because you're young or whatever, you know, um, oh, because you smoke, it's okay for you to take a 30 minute or 40 minute smoke break. But, you know, we got to pencil in my lunch break, even though I've been here for nine hours. You know what I'm saying? Or It's okay for this girl over here to have to leave early, but you know, I'll be good if I can get a day off, even if I've requested it three weeks in advance, you know, just, just the, the lack of consideration. Um, I've definitely experienced that before. And I think that some of those experiences at different retail stores showed me like what I didn't want to put up with when I got into, um, a career, you know? And so it was kind of beneficial. Like I knew I didn't want to work for anyone who just in general wasn't considerate of people. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't feel, you don't realize until you get older that that is a serious place where a lot of people lack that skill, like just normal consideration for someone as a human. Um, And that's a big one. Like I see that a lot. And I just want to put full disclaimer, although I may enjoy my job and the people I work with, we do work with other departments who I definitely could go on and on and say that they have, um, just some things that I would change, you know, I ain't gonna call no names and use the T word, but just some things that I would change. I'm gonna leave it at that. Cause <laughs> I want to remain employed. So what's the T right. word? You figure it out. <laughs> I <laughs> shouldn't leave it a mystery. I was trying. And then that's why I asked, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on it. <laughs> I was lost too, but we gonna just let that ride. Um, but okay. So toxic, yeah, toxic. Oh girl, I was thinking. I was thinking transfer. I was like, what she want them people to transfer out of that department? Like, no. Oh my God. I didn't even have a good guess. Yeah, man, you had lost both of us. I don't know where our heads was at. Um, but yeah, uh, unfortunately, workplaces can be just as toxic as anything else that we've talked about, you know. But I think, you know, just to wrap up our whole topic for the day, I feel like 
the most important thing to ask yourself in a lot of these situations is, is it you or is it them? You know what I'm saying? It's like, them. It's them. <laughs> I feel it like in our them. cases, a lot of the times it was the the individual that was, you know, displaying toxic behavior. But at the same time, it's like, I do think there are some exceptions to that where you have people who are toxic and they don't even realize they're toxic and they're saying everybody else is. So yeah. I think- that's where it's important to kind of like know yourself and be like, okay, maybe I need to, you know, check myself. And can I just say, um, I think for me doing the, I guess, self-reflection after I got out of these toxic situations, whether it be friendships or relationships, you do need to go through that evaluation and say, okay, hey, was not me in this instance or was it not me? And go through that healing period of that relationship mm-hmm. ending because that is what will prevent you from being toxic in your next relationship. Like the last thing you want to do is be to somebody else what that toxic person was to you. So I do think that you need to take the time to heal from, you know, these broken friendships, these broken relationships and do that self-evaluation and figure out, okay, you know, was I the toxic one? Did I exhibit some toxic traits, you know, on this day and that day? But then, you know, accept that if you did, like, even if you did accept it, you know, and grow from it and learn from it so that you don't repeat those things or become the toxic person in your next friendship or relationship. And don't be afraid to be stingy with your energy. I saw this um, meme yesterday on like eight people's IG story and it said, stop being so understanding. It's making you more acceptable of the BS. And I stand behind Mm -hmm. that 100%. Don't be afraid to be the person that cuts someone off if they're not serving you and your friendship or relationship appropriately. And I think that that's one of the reasons like why I'm able to... I guess overall, say I've kind of had a positive experience in terms of like toxic friendships, relationships, et cetera, is because I was blessed enough to start off with the foundation of like, you know, friends that I've had from middle school, high school, you know, I got into the real world, so to speak, with that foundation of knowing what a good friend looks like. So when I got to college, when I got out of college, when I could recognize that someone wasn't what I was used to, okay, you no longer get my energy. I mean, you know, it's just, it's know what you deserve and be able to recognize the signs of someone who is not deserving of that. And like I said, don't be so understanding. I mean, if somebody is full of it, cut them off at the end of the day. Um, And I know that I've said this before to Jordan. I don't think I've ever said this to you, Dice. You know, I never in my life, before getting to college, I never in my life had met so many people who did not know, like, what it was to be a friend, number one, Mm -hmm. and who had not experienced a real friendship. Mm -hmm. Like, it was baffling Mm -hmm. to me that that was a thing. I was like, what? There are people out there who, like don't consider themselves to have any real friends like that just that took me back so I mean you know I feel sorry for anyone out there who's listening who you know might be in their the upper half of their 20s like the three of us are and haven't experienced that but um it's never too late to I mean I'm 21 baby I'm in I didn't know this was a comedy podcast um (laughs) but you know for anyone who hasn't experienced it it's never too late you know find some people who you have things in common with and and go from there um and dice you were saying you've had success in like bumble and stuff with friends right yeah i did that actually worked well for me but i don't know if i just got lucky because i know other people who didn't have such good experiences so i don't know but 
I definitely did make some friends off of there that were cool. And so far, I ain't been no issue. So we'll see. We got a success story. So y'all get on, <laughs> y'all get on there, get on some of these little sites and make you some friends. And oh, and I'm all about that for relationships as well, because I will tell anyone, everyone who asks, I 100% met my fiance on a dating app. So these apps can have positive outcomes, y'all. You just have to be open and willing and you can't be so close-minded. Hey, you guys, it's me, Dice. I'm sure you're wondering why I popped in on this part of the episode. Well, we were very passionate about this topic and got a little lengthy. We decided to put the Not Your Average News segment in a separate episode. If you guys like this new format, please send us a DM on Instagram and we will continue with it. Meanwhile, you can stop the podcast here and catch all the juicy news we have for y'all on the news segment episode. Thanks for listening. Love y'all. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Chews Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beat brand for heart health support. The new Superbeats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Superbeats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Superbeats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.